Turkey Call All Access, the official podcast of the National Wild Turkey Federation, brought to you by Tetra Hearing. Turkey Call All Access is a digital campfire where the host and guests discuss topics of the day, conservation efforts, tips and techniques to better your experience as a field, and to share our members' stories. Welcome back, everybody, for another new episode of the Turkey Call All Access podcast, the official podcast of the National Wild Turkey Federation. This week, we welcome in guest Jay Siski of Out Here Co. of the Pawn Shop Shotgun Series, currently running on all of our channels and Out Here Co.'s channels. What Jay has done and, and other people that are passionate about turkey conservation are coming up with some really awesome ideas and ways to fund turkey research uh, to provide outside funds and resources to exactly that and what jay and his friends in the uh country music arena and some other folks inside the the outdoor space are doing is a fun story to tell it's a passion story we're gonna catch up with jay we do that uh in 90 seconds let's go picture this the sky full of birds a good dog by your blind, and the pinnacle of reliability in your hands. When the entire experience relies on the moment that trigger is pulled, your shotgun better be nothing less than perfect. Benelli's Super Black Eagle III. Dominate the skies. Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitats, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation. This is Jason Hart, co-founder of Nomad Outdoor, and I'm here to welcome you to the Turkey Call All Access Podcast, hosted by my good buddy, Fred Bird. At Nomad, we're constantly innovating to keep you more effective in the field. Check out our new 2022 Nomad Turkey products, including our innovative Bull Lounger Turkey Vest, our new mesh-like pant, and our bino harness system designed with a turkey hunter in mind. Also, for you whitetail, waterfowl, and western big game hunters, keep a lookout for new products coming later this summer by Nomad. Nomad, gear that hunts. Is that it there in the background? Yeah, that's it. This that's is it, it right here. Man, show that sucker off. So this is the old gun. It's got the signatures that's there so far. Um, you know, it's an old pawn shop find. It's old uh, Winchester Ranger Model 120 12-gauge. Shoots two and three quarters and three inch. No kidding. That stock's yeah. starting to get crowded. I know it's starting to get up there, so we're gonna have to go there. We might have to switch to the other side. Very cool. I also got. Um, we can also start signing up here on the metal if we need to. So. Do you know what year that firearm was manufactured? I, I don't know the exact year, but I know that it was done between uh, eighty four and eighty eight. Is that right? So it's got some. It's got some lineage to it. Oh, for sure. And here's the thing too with this thing. I mean, it's got scratches and nicks and stuff all over it, so you know somebody's been taking it out there and yeah. with it. So you don't know how many birds or what all has been killed with it. Reminds me of some of those uh those old police guns, those old police twelve gauge you used to keep them back of their their uh their cars. Exactly. That's you know. exactly what it kind of looks like. Very cool. 
Well, we are we are rolling, Jay, and Jay Siski of Out There Co. is joining us here in the podcast to talk about uh, the the gun we're talking about here today, the Pawn Shop Shotgun. So uh, you just had a look at it there, and we're going to talk about it some more. But I guess, you know, first of all, let's, before we get into the weeds on this, where the idea came from, and everyone who's already hunted with it, killed with it, signed it, where'd the idea come from? And, you know, for you as a turkey hunter, conservationist, like what was the whole motivation behind this to to kick this project off and, and reach out to NWDF and say, hey, man, I've got a pretty cool idea. I want to roll past you. Yeah, so the whole thing, I guess how it kind of came to be in is um, I've kind of always had a love for older things. Um, some of my guns that I've got have been – you know, my, the gun that I mainly hunt with, which is old Mossberg 835, my dad found in a pawn shop. And that's like the go-to gun that I've now killed several birds with and kind of hunted with. And then some of the old guns that I got from my great grandfather, you know, just the character and just the stories that they have behind them. Mm. Um, and just a lot of, you know, just, I don't know, I'm, I'm interested in the stories and the aspect of it. Um, uh, it's, it's kind of cool to me, but as far as the, how the idea came together and like turkey hunting, like I grew up mainly deer hunting, starting off with, um, around here in Tennessee. And then at about 12, um, went on my first turkey hunt and, um, just was very fortunate to grow up in Tennessee where a state that has an abundance of turkeys. Sure. Um, and, but here recently, I mean, I would say back in the day, you go out, you could hear 15 different birds gobbling for sure. And now, you know, it's down to 10, still crazy amount of birds, but you know, something to do where even in a state that has a big bird population, you're kind of wanting to see, you know, is some more numbers going up on mm -hmm. that. And so, um, nothing to, to where it's like, Hey, you can't go out and hunt them. They're still there, but you know, still wanting to go out and help raise awareness and just kind of get more people interested in Turkey conservation. Um, and so the idea kind of came to me when this past winter, I was looking for a, 30 30 for a buddy that was wanting to get into deer hunting. And so I started calling around some pawn shops and found an old gun for him. And I was like, man, how cool would it be to have a shotgun, take it around, hunt with a bunch of different people and have it raise money for NWTF. And so mm. that's kind of how that's kind of got that idea from that. Wanted to reach out to y'all and be like, Hey, I think this is a cool project, cool idea. Would love for, you know, us to do this and have, you know, this be a project. Yeah. and help with turkey conservation and help raise awareness for it. It is a cool idea. And, and we're in the midst of it. And the gist of it is, is that uh, somebody out there in, in our, in our turkey community or, or outside of it, ideally, because uh, we're the whole goal here is to bring new membership to the NWTF. If someone's going to go home with it or it's going to be sent to their home and it's going to become part of their history and their story. Right. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So by signing up, uh, we'll include the the link because you got to go through a specific URL to be uh, considered uh, for the drawing. But basically, uh, if you're already a member, you're renewing your membership or extending it. And if you're a first time member, you're signing up through this URL, you're automatically entered free, uh, free chance, if you will, at this uh, pawn shop shotgun that's going to, you know, travel the countryside doing its thing and just adding legend to itself already. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Exactly. And as, as much as I want to hold on to this and keep <laughs> this, I, it's not that's not the goal of the project. So the goal is to help raise awareness and have some lucky winner take it home. Yeah, so. that's awesome, man. So um, 
I think out the gate, if I remember right, there was uh, instant success. So, I mean, already there's some signatures on it. Take us, uh, take us down memory lane. Where who's hunted with it? Who's killed with it? Who had near misses with it? Uh, start telling the story. Yeah. So um, first up, you can go watch the first video. It's up on our YouTube channel at Out Here Co on uh, YouTube. You can go there, and um, I know y'all have posted about it on the NWTF page. Mm-hmm. We've been posting, kind of sharing some stuff here and there. And so Austin Seals, the Spring Legion, was the first one that got to hunt with it down in Alabama. We went down there, and uh, the Shackleford Lane boys. Um, put us up and, you know, super nice guys down there and say, Hey, come on down, open a week about of Alabama's turkey season. So we rolled down there and man, like go watch the video. Cause it's good. And it, like, he misses first off, <laughs> gets redemption. And it's just kind of one of those things where when you're hunting in the field, you kind of don't realize how far sometimes the birds are. And sure. the bird was a little too far on the first shot and he was fine. We ended up watching him about five, 10 minutes later, going to strut up on top of the ridge. So it was kind of one of those things where you're like, Hey, he, nothing's, he didn't get hurt or nothing. And so then we went around, bounced around and got on some more birds and, um, sealed the deal there. So the first right out the gate, you know, boom, you know, you get one done and, um, it was just a great, great little hunt there, um, with him. And then we went over from there to Mississippi and hunted with Lake pickle. Um, he took us around, um, on some land and, um, struck us up a bird, but, um, about midday. And it's just one of those things to where it was all hinned up and just over the ridge, hear him scratching around. Mm. Um, that video will be coming out here soon. And, um, yeah, it's just one of those things to where didn't quite commit, but Hey, that's Turkey hunting. It's not all, not every day you're going to get one. And, and let's face it, you're not starting out in the two of the most easiest states in the country either, right? So No, and Mississippi <laughs> by far is probably one of the hardest states to hunt in. It's just it's one of those things. It gets it's they're they're smart down there. Then birds are they're tough to hunt. And um so yeah, so to go down to Alabama, which is a tough state, and get get one in there. Mississippi, get on a bird. We got mm-hmm. close, but you know, I just had all the hens with him. And so, um, but it was a great hunt with there with Lake and just, I mean, that's kind of what you kind of consider success too, is just getting in there and getting on a bird yeah. and one gobble as much as it is taking one home. But it's like, as long as you're getting in there, hunting birds, hearing them gobble them, hear them spitting and drumming, you know, that whole deal. It's just, you get the blood pumping, your heart's racing. It's one of those things to where, I mean, Hey, you keep going. And as that. you're, as you're talking about this, Jay, and, and I'm thinking I'm having all these different images and thoughts popping into my head. And I've seen, obviously I've seen some of the content cause I've helped post it, but what's unique about this opportunity for, for one lucky person is that not only are they going to have this history that they know of, it's a recorded history, right? Yeah. That's super unique. Like as long as the internet is a thing and the lights are on and this stuff is going to live out there in the interwebs in perpetuity, they're always going to have a documented history or at least a, a, a start of it or picking up on, on some chapter of this, this shotgun's life, you know, here in 2022 and the thing's already, you know, almost a 40 year old senior. Um, that's pretty cool. But don't let me stop you. I want to keep hearing the stories, but it's just it's, it's an interesting uh, anecdote to point out. You know, not everyone has that. For sure. For sure. That's, that's, that's a great point. Um, not everybody has, yeah, access to be able to go on there and just be like, Hey, see, this is some of the hunts. These are some of the people that have hunted with this. Yeah. Gun. Um, so that's definitely going to be a cool aspect for somebody to have. And then that way they can share. And when people say, Oh, what's, what's the story behind? What's all those signatures on that gun? What's that? And you're like, Hey, let me show you. Yeah. And you can, you can pull it up for them. Um, but yeah, so went down there and then from there, 
uh, actually, while we were sitting there talking to Lake, uh, Zach and Jake from the hunting public were down there hunting um, near us and they rolled over and just kind of, we ended up talking with them for a minute. And then uh, we headed north up to West Point, Mississippi, mm-hmm. stopped in and um, talked to Daniel Hayes there at Mossy Oak. And um, he took us around, showed us some of the spots, you know, showed us the Mossy Oak and just got to see all of that. And that was super cool just to see the history there too. Just yeah. kind of like same reason with the gun, like why I like the gun, why I like old things. It's just the history of things. And Mossy Oak, I know has been a huge impact with the Turkey community and with NWTF. For and sure. so it's one of those things to where it was just neat going around watching, you know, seeing, you know, the first patterns they came up with some of that stuff. And then we got to go out and hunt with Daniel, um, the following morning for a little bit. And, um, Again, just when it's weather was rolling in, it just wasn't a great morning to be out there, but any morning out in the woods is a good morning. Yeah, so. for sure. And good company yeah. too. Oh, for sure. You couldn't, couldn't be with a better person. So, yeah. um, it was great being there. And then we headed back up North, got back to Tennessee and we took out, uh, good buddies, uh, Charlie Muncaster and Gary Stanton of, uh, Muscadine bloodline. Yeah. And that was, that was a fun one. We got up there, we pulled in. And immediately birds are in the field. We, we make a play on them. We figure out what we got to do. It's an afternoon hunt, kind of after the rain. And um, make, do a big loop, get up in there, and the boys end up doubling with it. I mean, crazy enough to get <laughs> one bird down with the gun. Right, and right. Then, and then Charlie shoots one. Gary crawls up there and shoots the second one. It was just with the same gun. So it's one of those things to where not, not, not many people can say they shot two birds with the same gun on the same hunt so i mean and 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 to that end right i mean it's not the most technically advanced piece of equipment either what we're we're, we're toting around no no (laughs) it's one of those things where you got to kind of get them close you know we're not shooting pss out of there there's you know it's one of those things to where it's you got to get them inside 40 yards 35 yards that's where you want them and um it's nice and close and personal so um it's one of those things to where it's a great hunt great afternoon uh especially after coming off some, you know, hard hunts that we had been on and, um, then going up there and back home in Tennessee and just getting on some birds um, yeah. was great. And then from there, we went back down to Alabama again and met up with Hunter Ferrier of Spring Legion, um, author of, you know, Ballad of a Turkey Hunter and just wealth of knowledge there. And he's, he's one of those guys, man, he's, he's an old soul and just great in the woods knows. Yeah. I mean, he like, he was telling us stuff and I was like, you know, I've been turkey hunting for a while. And I was like, man, I ain't never really thought about that one. That's hmm. I'm going to have to keep that one in the back of my you yeah. know, brain, you know, make sure and pull that one out. That's a good little trick right there. So, um, it was a great hunt with him. And, um, again, it was just one of those things to where birds stayed out of range. It was just, you know, everything was got close a couple of times, just couldn't quite seal the deal on the two days we were down there, but, um, it was a good hunt. And then now back here, going to, a bunch of rain back here in Tennessee now. So there's a bunch of rain coming in. So Thursday's looking good. We're going to be taking old Dylan Marlowe out hunting and trying to get him a bird and then headed down to Texas next week and all over the place. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I mean, have we, have we um, got solid plans or are we still very much fluid with the rest of the season? We're still kind of fluid to a certain degree. We've got some people that are, you know, we've got dates kind of set and like, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, this is, this is looking like what's going to work. Let's see if that, you know, keep stay in contact. Let's see where if we can meet up here, meet up there. Um, so we've still got some people, um, you know, I don't want to say just yet. Sure. What's, we for sure until, you know, we get stuff nailed down, but 
Next week, we are taking Randall King down to Texas. Um, and um, for those people that live in Texas, they know who he is and country music artist, um, big Texas guy. Um, and so he's, he's a great cool. dude. So we're going to try to go down there and get him um, a Rio. Um, so that'll be fun. And um, then, like I said, taking Dylan Marlowe, um, singer songwriter here in Nashville. Um, and he's a good buddy. So we're going to take him out here in Tennessee. He's been on the road, just got back from California playing shows and stuff. So I'm going to get him out and try to get him a bird. And then later on, we've got, um, looking like we're going to go hunt with, uh, night and hail. So, um, we're going to go over there and go up to Kentucky and hunt with them and have a conversation and just kind of see some of the old history that they've got there in their cabin Very and nice. stuff. And, um, yeah, so we've got, we got some people lined up and stuff, got some cool stuff going on. And, um, yeah, it's kind of one of those things to where, like you said, it's still fluid, still things, yeah. you know, kind of coming together. And so it's going to be, you know, it's, it's kind of, it kind of keeps you on your toes. Cause you're like, all right, where are we going next? And somebody hits you up. You're like, all right, let's, we're rolling out there. Let's go take it out there and see what happens. So what I love about this and, and, and I, and I guess to an extent, uh, modern storytelling and I say modern within the last five years is the stuff that people really latch onto and resonate with is not this overly produced bit of media content that's had hundreds of thousands of dollars thrown at it, hours of B-roll put into it. it is very much in the moment, kind of is what it is, you know, and if you if you can't be alongside us as we're telling the story uh, by God, by by watching it on your computer or your telephone, your 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 phone screen, you're going to get a pretty good sense of of what's going on. And I love I love that style of storytelling. And I think, again, I, I come back to it. I think most people appreciate the authenticity of that. And that's something that's not hyper produced. Yeah. Yeah. It's nothing crazy here. I've got um, Peyton. He came down from Minnesota to help me do this project and he's traveling around with me. And then we got another guy, Matt, that's been helping us to get some stuff done. And then Gary Stanton has been a huge help, helping me get in contact with people and stuff yeah. and uh, getting things set up. And, but yeah, it's not, it's nothing crazy. It's literally just two guys and two cameras. Um, nothing, nothing crazy that w- what we're doing here. And we're kind of shooting it in a nineties kind of style aesthetic, kind of to fit, you know, the old pawn shop gun. That's kind of what I grew up on was, you know, the old night and hell videos, you know, the old, uh, Primo's truth series, you know, those old VHS, VHS plates. Yeah. I mean, I still have some of those and watch them and, you know, it's kind of hard to do. You got to make sure (laughs) still have a VHS player play it. (laughs) And so, um, but it's one of those things to where that's just the nostalgia of it is what I love. And just kind of the, like you said, just the simplicity of it, you know, it's one of those things to where, you know, you're just, you feel like you're there with them, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And so, um, that's kind of what we wanted to bring with this project is kind of that on authenticity of it. And just, you know, Hey, just kind of showing to helping people that want to get into it, be like, look, you don't have to have, you know, you can get a pawn shop shotgun, you know, something that's got memories that's already been hunted with and you get out there and chase some turkeys because, you know, that's what we're wanting to do too, is like yeah. with conservation, get more people interested in the conservation is also getting more people interested in turkey hunting. You know what I mean? We're wanting to get people to see, you know, Hey, this is actually a really fun thing to do and great, you know, way to have it, you know, and have, you know, some, something to where you can, um, you know, get somebody into, I think turkey hunting is a good way to get people into hunting. I think it's and, the best way. 
Yeah, it is for sure. Yeah. It's like it's warmer usually. I mean, I don't know. We we had some cooler days here. <laughs> uh, it's kind of cold. But, uh, last spring twenty two is not shaping up to be the most balmy of springs, but hope there's hope yet. <laughs> there's hope yet. But yeah, it's one of those things where you can go out in the afternoon hunt, you know, and get to call, and it's just that interaction. That's what's mm-hmm. so fun about turkey hunting is having that interaction with them. There, you know, you hear one just hammer in the woods or out in the field or wherever. You see them strutting. And then when they come in close, you actually hear them spitting and drumming, you know, and it's just like your heart's pounding. A lot of times I couldn't tell you how many times I've been sitting there and like you just hear one spitting and drumming. And you're like, I have no idea where he is. (laughs) I know he's close. Danger close. your heart's racing. And you're like, man, if I know if I can hear that, he's got to be right on top of me. And you're like, I can't move. I don't know what's going to happen. And actually, my wife and I, we went out here in Tennessee this uh, this past Sunday just to kind of take a break from the project and just kind of get out and just – wanted to get her out on um, a hunt and we went out and the bird snuck up on us. He got, he got right up on top of us. And I heard him walking in the leaves and he came up on her side and I was like, is something over there? And she's like, yeah, he's right here. He's right, right here. Real quick. So I had to spin real quick and shoot, but we got him, but it was one of those things to where um, it was good just having her there and just, you know, like you said, getting new people into it, just having, sharing the love. Of it. Birds always come up on the wrong side, don't they? Like you give, guarantee it. You almost want yeah. to just go in there. If you're a righty, set up lefty. That way, that way you know he's going to come, and that's the way the turkey woods works, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> they never do exactly what you want them to do. No. Um, you know, I speak to that point that you started bringing up there about the cost, right? Because you know, when we talk about people getting into the the the, the community of turkey hunting, hunting in general, and we've talked about many times on this program is that. It's super intimidating uh, from a, a myriad of, of 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 ways, but financially, it's a dog, man. Because if you sit there and you watch two hours of outdoor television, I mean, quickly you're gonna find out. Oh, I gotta buy this. I gotta buy that. I gotta do this. I gotta do that, and it becomes very overwhelming. And you start looking at your your purse, and you're like, man, I don't think I can go to afford uh, afford to do this most very natural of things that I have a, yep. an interest and a desire and kind of this. Uh, human uh, compulsion to do it's in our DNA, right? To go do this stuff. So I can't let money issue stop me. And it doesn't have to is the point of this whole yeah. line of thought. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like right here, got this gun, $300, $300 full choke already in it. Everything you need to go start Turkey hunting. I mean, I think realistically, you know, you can go get some camo, um, gun plate call i think it, you're in the woods for under you know four hundred dollars yeah. you know five hundred dollars if you want it if, if you really wanted to get into it and even maybe less than because the most probably the, the expense most expensive thing is going to be the gun right you know what i mean but it's like again three hundred dollars right there pawn shop gun and you can go start going turkey hunting and here's the thing talk to somebody i'm, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that have you know me i like to take people like, yeah you know i've got i've been blessed to have places to go take people hunting you know there's public land but you know i grew up here where i grew up where i grew up and uh, it's just kind of one of those things to where you know i've got access to on a lot of private land too so where i can be like hey come on out i want to take you hunting and stuff and i've gotten people into you know their first turkeys like you said this is a great way and actually how i've gotten people into hunting is taking them turkey hunting yeah and getting them their first turkey you know or getting them close and they hear that goblin they hear you know just that interaction that you're able to do with it and you kind of teach them what they're doing. Like I've got a buddy just called me up not long ago and was like, Hey, you, you got time this week? We can go. But I've already taken him out and he's already 
shot several birds by himself now and he's all ate up with hunting. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's he's from Canada too and he moved down here and now he's a southern boy and drives a truck <laughs> and has shotguns and everything else. But um it's one of those things to where it's it's just a great way to get people into it. And um yeah, it's you don't need that much. It's it's pretty simple. It's minimalistic really on what you need. Now you can dive into it and there's sure. a bunch of stuff that you can get into, but really I mean, it's one of those things to where it's pretty cost, uh, it's not cost effective, you know what I mean? Or it is so, um, to where you can actually get into it pretty easily. I think most of us too would agree that if you have the opportunity to mentor somebody like here, you can borrow my gun. We already know cause we're, we're the wonks, right? We're the ones that deep dive this stuff and, and do have that, um, that whole armory full of equipment, right? So uh, you can trust that when you put that firearm in someone's hand as a first timer, that they're going to be taken care of. It's like, listen, just do do A, B, and C, and you're going to get to D. Just trust me on this, um, which is you know also a valuable thing too for someone that's not necessarily sure they want to go all the way in and commit to something like that because you know there there's a significant amount of commitment that comes with that but you know having the opportunity to go out someone like yourself here you can use this pawn shop shotgun cost yeah. me very little uh, you can borrow it see if you like it and you know damn right well they're going to be hooked it's just oh, just yeah. go through the iteration yeah exactly exactly they're going to get hooked and that's the thing too it's like yeah i've got i've got shotguns i've got camo so i can yeah. tell how many times um, people are like hey you know I'd like to go hunting. I'm like, well, come on, come with me. It's like, I've got everything you need. And here in Tennessee, the good thing is they've got the apprentice license, right. which is super cool. Even if you're over 21 and you, even if you don't have, have taken the hunter safety course, as long as you're with somebody that's over 21 and has taken the hunter safety course. Yeah. I'm wanting to say, I'd have to go back and look at how much the license is, but it's very, um, you know, not that much. It's like, I want to say it's like under 30 bucks or something for somebody to then just buy that and then be an apprentice for a year yep. and go out with somebody. And that's a great way. I think that's a great way that, um, that Tennessee has done to help, help get people into hunting as well. And then that's a great way for you to be like, Hey, just go buy this license. I got everything you need. Come on, let's, let's roll in the truck and we're going to go get something, you know, or actually, or at least get on something and have fun. It's an outstanding program that more and more States are, are coming into. So it's, um, you know, if we want to grow the space and and and, and fish and game agencies from a, a financial and money raising component, you want to sell more licenses. Here's a great way to to at least get people in there and and, and push that barrier of intimidation, financial intimidation aside. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. What um, as you travel around and you have these interactions, what do you? That's kind of a broad question. And I, I mean, I, I know the immediacy of this project and what we hope to get out of it is more membership. And, and we probably have our ideas of what makes that successful. But in the, in the bigger scheme of things and all the different folks that are handling this firearm and their stories and their their backgrounds, like what do you hope people are getting out of this story when it's all said and done? Uh, what, yeah, it's kind of I guess I'm trying to think here. Let me think about it real quick. What I'm hoping people get out of this is just like, kind of like what we've talked about. You know, look, you don't have to have the nicest thing to get out and start start hunting. You know what I mean? And, you know, just kind of getting out there and getting people interested in hunting, you know, that may not have, you know, started hunting as well as, you know, I just want this to be something that is kind of talked about for a while. You know, I, mean, I want people to think about, hey, man, that's that was a cool idea. That was something cool. And who knows, maybe people start doing something similar to this down the road with, you know, hey, 
here's, you know, something else that we're going to travel around the country and do something with, you know, yeah. just inspire people to want to get into the woods and, um, want to get, you know, join the NWTF, you know, and something to where, um, just tell stories, you know what I mean? It's just the stories aspect where for me, especially with the gun, it's just like, you know, the memories and that's kind of, I guess, really what I would like for people to have is like to be able to go into the woods and share these memories with friends, family, whoever else. It's like, you know, it's pr- super cool for me to go into the woods with a lot of these different people and share those hunts. Cause I couldn't tell you how many times I could, I mean, I could sit there and tell you every hunt pretty much I've ever been on mm. in my life. You know what I mean? I can go back and replay them in my mind. And I think, you know, Oh, I remember, you know, especially around here, if I drive past the field or whatever, I'm like, Oh, I remember hunting here and getting on a bird back in here in this bottom or whatever. And then, you know, over here, you know, th- this happened or something like that. And so it's just those memories. And it's like, even the ones where you don't get something, you know, a lot of times those are the ones that stick with you the most, you know I mean? Of course the ones where you shoot something, you're super ex- uh, excited, you know, love it. But, um, I would say probably for the most part for people, just what they get out of this project is just hopefully, you know, w- the love to get into turkey hunting, or if they were already in it, just, you know, the memories, just the hunting aspect side of it to where they get to share with friends. The older I get, I keep coming down to it. You know, eventually biology uh, catches up with us all. Right. So at the end of the day and <laughs> whatever uh, condition you end up leaving this, this planet in what's left is, is your stories. And what you did with the time you had and are those stories rich enough? Uh, I, I, for me, it's, I want to make sure my stories are such, right? Uh, I don't put a whole lot of stock in how much money did I accumulate or how much wealth did I accumulate? Cause I can't take it with me. And yeah. probably by that time, um, you know, the world's going to be completely different and they'll probably find a way to get all of that, <laughs> you know, and, and no one in my lineage will be able to get it. But my my kids and grandkids and, and whatever else comes after that will have will have these stories. You can't take that away. You can't take a man or a woman's life experiences away as long as you have that that history, either uh, written audio or in this case, audio and video. And as long like we said, as long as the lights are on, so many people are going to be able to experience that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And just, you know, and somebody will be able to have a piece of it, too, with this gun is, um, I mean, I know for, you know, me with all the bird uh, turkeys that I shoot, the beards, the spurs and everything, I keep all those mm-hmm. and everything. And I number and date everything because I want, you know, if, if I'm fortunate enough to have kids, you know, and then my grandkids down through there, it's like I want them to be able to look at that. Like, like I said, I have my great great granddad's shotguns. You know what I mean? I'll, I want to be able to pass those stuff down. And, you know, I've got my dad's shotgun that I hunt with. Um, you know, then it's just the memories that I had with him are so great. And it's like some, some of the best memories I had were in the woods with him. Um, he unfortunately passed away to cancer uh, five years ago. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just one of those things to where, you know, I hold on to. And maybe that's why I really do like and I, that's the only gun I'll ever hunt with really on my mm-hmm. own is that gun when I go in the woods, because it's like, that's just a part of him. And so that's par- partially too, you know, with this gun, you know, people are going to have a part of who's hunted with it, you know, with them, you know what I mean? And so, um, just kind of want to have that be a part of everybody else when they go, you know, and start hunting, you know, it's just, and take away from this project, just, you know, the aspect of, um, just the memories that you'll have and, um, just something to hold on to. These lines of thought, 
and conversations I think are so invaluable and so important, especially when it comes to the perception of the hunting community um, from the non-hunting community. Now, and I'm not saying the people that dislike us until eternity, they're going to, they're committed, but you know, when people are just casually looking at, at folks like us or what we do, they see the killing part of it. They see the guys dressed up in camo and, and I don't know if they, tie and appreciation from the man or woman to the land and everything, you know, we're just, we're rapping about here because it's so deep and it's deeper than pulling the trigger. It's, it's the memories, it's the stories. It's, it's this whole culture that when people hear a couple guys like us yip yapping about this stuff, I hope it resonates with them and they start to, they start to get it and maybe one light is switched on and then another light is switched on. It's like, okay, there's more to this than then, you know, a bunch of bumpkins going out there blasting birds. Cause that's completely uh, the antithesis of, of what we're doing. Yeah. And it's so multi-layered and it goes so deep. Um, there's value in what we're doing here. And I, and I hope those people, the, the common man or gal out in the world, you know, nine to five in it in their business suit that may look at our lifestyle and be like, I don't know if it's for me, but then they hear this because I think we can all find common value in that. Yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And then also too, I mean, I know for me and my wife, that's like most of what we eat is wild game. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I'll shoot a couple deer a year. Uh, been lucky enough to go out to Colorado several times and, you know, shoot elk. So, you know, and then Turkey in the spring fish, you know, and so that's a lot of the ways too how we use what we, you know, for what sure. We get. So it's like, and we know exactly where it came from. You know, I do all my own processing. So it's one of those things to where, you know, it never leaves my hands in a sense. So it's like it goes straight from the field into the freezer and, you know, and then and it, we'll eat it. So, um, but it's one of those things too. It's just, you know, being connected in that way, as well as, like you said, just, you know, the memories and just being able to have those, you know, I mean, I, I could tell, you know, we hadn't really met before. Yeah. But we're, we're sitting here able, able to talk and just have that conversation and just share that love of the outdoors and hunting. And it's like, I couldn't tell you how many people I've met and that are now friends now to where you're literally, you know, at the gas station or wherever else, you know what I mean? You see them, you're like, hey, man, how's it going? It's like, have you seen anything today? Now I ain't seen nothing else. <laughs> yeah. And you just start a conversation and there yeah. before you know it, you're, you're good buds. And like, hey, you want to go hunting sometime? Well, let's go hunting or, you know, or just kind of one of those things to where, it's just the camaraderie it, it builds and just, you know, the friendships that you're able to make through it. And, you know, like we said, at the end of the day, I mean, it's not about shooting the bird, you know what I mean? It's like, as much as like you do want to do that, but yeah. it's like, you're just out there, you're enjoying nature. Um, and I mean, it's, it's one of the things to where when you get out there and you're just in the woods, just, you know, your soul's at peace, it seems like, you know what I mean? And then, um, yeah, it's just one of those things to where I think, like you said, it's just, you kind of want, you hope that the people outside of it don't look at you and think, you know, Oh, you're, you know, you're this or that. And it's like, look, we have what we love and this is why we love it. Yeah. And I'm hoping that that comes across. And it comes back to the storytelling and how it's done. Right. And I, I mentioned that earlier that it's really taken a very positive turn in how outdoor media and outdoor space is telling our story in totality. It's not these contrived 23 minute, you know, NASCAR-esque promos. I got to get every sponsor in before I actually give you anything worth of anything, <laughs> right? Yeah. It, it's it's gone the complete opposite, and I and I see more and more people, um, at least showing an interest in something 
that they can sit back and, you know, it, you know, I, my son sits down on the, uh, the couch and will watch um, uh, alone like these these dudes just going out there and living off the land for a challenge. That's basically what we do, except we get to go home at night. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we I mean, get to go take a shower and get in bed. Yeah, you know? yeah. In a sense, like, OK, so there's like we're all kind of connected. And if, um, you know, a little nine year old boy, I mean outside of a hunting family can, can dig on that. Like it's all there, man. It's just, you got to give the right opportunity um, to get people to take that next step because it's, we, again, we were talking about it. It's, it's, it's a natural interest. It's a natural um, wanting to be involved and immersed in that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I think, like you said, just like, there's been a lot of people that have done, especially in the hunting community, like meat eaters done a great job of like, you know, getting people involved mm. and hearing people about it. I think the THP boys, you know, have done great too, with just, you know, they'll go out and film a hunt that they won't kill something, but people still want to watch it yeah. and enjoy it because it's like, that's kind of what, you know, that is hunting, you know, you're, it's not called killing, you know, it's called hunting for a reason. And so I think having those, you know, people, you know, being, you know, showcasing hunting in a very good light has been very beneficial for the hunting community. Completely. And, um, it's kind of one of those things too, where, um, yeah, it's just kind of one of those things where hopefully we are all, you know, able to showcase that in what we do. And it's timely now too. I mean, the, I forget the exact numbers on it this morning. So as we're recording this, this, this episode will drop roughly within seven, seven or so days, uh, from its recording. So, for timeline purposes, they came out with inflation rates. And I think it was five or six months running, still, still going up over eight percent. That's never we haven't seen this in in decades. Uh, fuels going up, foods going up, uh, entertainment is going up. Like it's not nothing's getting cheaper. Um, yeah, our paychecks are all primarily staying the same, and everything's getting more expensive. So. Man, if you're ever thinking about getting into the woods and being self-sufficient and and and, and harvesting your own food and, and understanding what the world is around you uh, that's not concrete and doesn't go up but it stays uh, on the ground, what better time? And if not for anything else, just to kind of go out there and familiarize yourself because I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but man, the world as it is right now is just it's um it doesn't give you a warm and fuzzy. No, I really don't. <laughs> I mean, you start talking about uh, food chain, supply chain woes, and 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 you can't even get uh, flour to make cakes and bake goods and stuff like that. That's a pretty big friggin' deal. Um, yeah, for sure, hunters. We, I mean, we look at that. And we we we're, we're involved in that, but a lot of us, at least as far as the protein goes, and probably most of us are more than sufficient enough to grow our own garden. Um, but living here in the Northeast, I don't have very long growing season. So you got to kind of yeah. do that in a quick hurry down there. You guys get a little longer, but we don't suffer that as much as the 80% would just be in a whole lot of trouble. True. Yes, exactly. And that's the thing. Cause it's like, it is kind of one of those things to where it's kind of, kind of scary when you start seeing all this stuff happening, you're like, I don't yeah. know really what the future holds and some of that stuff. And it's like, but you know, luckily for us, like you said, like, I mean, I know how to, you know, what's the old uh, song is like, you know, it's like, I, I, I can, a country boy can't survive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And for sure. Like, like I know how to run a trout line. I can skin a buck, you know, country boy can't survive. So it's like, it's one of those things to where, um, 
you know, we can go out there and still, you know, provide meat for our families. And like you said, most of us can still go out and, you know, plant gardens, do something, scavenge around. So it's kind of those things to where it is kind of scary seeing the inflation of everything and then just the supply chain being kind of not, not what it should be or what it used to be. And then, you know, obviously fuel prices are going through the roof. So it's one of those things to where hard to travel uh, around with a pawn shop. (laughs) It's it's been interesting. You know, I've been definitely, I've taken my wife's car that gets a little better gas mileage than the old Ford Bronco. So yeah. Um, so speaking of that and then less things doom and gloom, cause I, I tend to go there in my mind a lot, but, um, I think it's, I think there's value in at least discussing it. Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation. Picture this. The sky full of birds. A good dog by your blind. And the pinnacle of reliability in your hands. The entire experience relies on the moment that trigger is pulled. Your shotgun better be nothing less than perfect. Benelli's Super Black Eagle 3. Dominate the skies. This is Jason Hart, co-founder of Nomad Outdoor, and I'm here to welcome you to the Turkey Call All Access Podcast, hosted by my good buddy Fred Bird. At Nomad, we're constantly innovating to keep you more effective in the field. Check out our new 2022 Nomad Turkey products, including our innovative bull lounger turkey vest, our new mesh-like pant, and our bino harness system designed with a turkey hunter in mind. Also, for you whitetail, waterfowl, and western big game hunters, keep a lookout for new products coming later this summer by Nomad. Nomad, gear that hunts. How far out are you looking to potentially go with the tour here? Um, I know you got some tentative stuff, but any any like far out there places, unique places that you're looking to get to, hopefully? Hopefully. Um, Texas we're going to. We're going to then looking at maybe going to Nebraska. Nice. Um, so getting out west a little bit. And then um, that's kind of – those are kind of the – two outside of the normal realm that we have here in like, you know, Easterns and stuff. Um, so Texas, Nebraska, and then talks maybe about Montana. I don't Ooh, know. Very nice. Um, so that could be good. Um, cause I used to live in Montana for a little while. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. It's beautiful out there. Cool so, parts. Uh, I used to live in Missoula, Montana. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. That's a yeah, kind of a hit place it. to be now. Yeah, it is. I worked for uh, Zach Bouton and Travis Bouton at Montana Wild out there back Very in 2015. Cool. Cool. So, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. There's a potential still maybe to go out there at some point. Um, and then, um, yeah, it's one of those things to where, who knows, like you said, some of it's still kind of a little bit up in the air. And then looking at dates and, you know, season dates and everything. So, around here in Tennessee, about middle of May is when things end here. But mm. things go all the way through, you know almost june up in some of the spots so right up by here june the first yeah. saturday in june in maine is the last place in the lower 48 to kill a, a turkey yeah so so who knows so we might we'll probably go all the way i don't know we'll we'll see how how far it goes and then what all the other places we can fit in there so we'll see yeah, yeah yeah i will tell you there is something 
Uh, very cool. And the, the public uh, hunting fellows found that out last year of being able to, to harvest a gobbler in June after lunchtime. That's a that's a pretty cool thing to do. That's crazy. That is that is and then you go and crazy. Then you go over the coast and get you some lobsters and some steamers and you live it up and it's a it's a hell of an experience and you know the guys up here hate when I talk about it because I always like put Maine on the map, but I'm like, you gotta go to Maine. There's just so much opportunity and uh our our land use uh traditions up here are quite different from the rest of the country so uh, yeah. you have a lot of opportunity um outside of just public land hunting which is great yeah I, I it's crazy that you can like if it's not posted you can just go knock on somebody's door and just be like hey you don't have to do it. that technically yeah technically you don't yeah that's <laughs> yeah. crazy that's actually insane uh yeah. It's something that's not not you can't do down here in tennessee no like, you, you definitely gotta ask for permission um <laughs> But yeah, actually, my wife and I we uh, honeymooned up in uh, Maine. Oh, nice! Very good. Yeah, it's beautiful. So where at? Uh, we flew into like Portland, yeah, and then um, kind of drove up the coast a little bit, and then went over. Um, blanket on the name. We went to some cabin out in the middle of nowhere. So, cool, cool. Um, and it was beautiful. We went to Acadia National Park, yeah. you know, and just you know, hold down East area is gorgeous, man. Oh yeah. So it was, you kill it was birds beautiful. right up there on that that whole down East coast. It's fantastic. I know after, cause like once we got off the coast a little bit, just like, you know, didn't have to go far off the coast and just went in a little bit inland a little bit. And like, man, I was like, man, this, this is beautiful farm, farmland out here mm. and stuff and everything. I was like, I'm going to have to keep this in the back of my mind to come up and deer hunt or turkey oh, hunt or do something. Yeah. yeah. Go you I mean, the whole thing, Portland North, but especially when you get from like Bangor all the way to like, uh, I think it's Machias, which is almost right on the New Brunswick border with the United States. Like that whole area is just the whole state's gorgeous. Um, oh, yeah. And then it, it offers so much different, different style of hunting. I mean, you can be hunting ag or going to the big, big, big timber and logging areas. And likewise with your deer hunting, I mean, you could. That's one of the places I think if I got dropped off in the middle with a blindfold, I'd probably be screwed for forever because some of those woods, I mean, you look at a map like, oh, you'd find your way. But, man, the terrain and, and just the size of those woods, like you're in the middle of it. You don't know where you're at. You're probably never coming out kind of thing. <laughs> big, yeah, big I know. That's the thing. Yeah, especially that some of that stuff up there is dark timber, man. Like you get off, turned around some of that stuff. You're yeah. I'd, I'd be tough to come back from, <laughs> but it's an adventure for sure. I hope you, I hope you guys are able to get up here and chase that season a little bit. I think that'd be fun to to add to the legend of the pawn shop shotgun. So, um, what uh, you're working with a bunch of different folks. Another way I wanted to go uh, asking you questions here. I get to through this program talk to a lot of people in prominent spotlights, different, you know, sports, country music, whatever. Um, I found that these folks, maybe outside of country music, get to speak to a different, different audience, uh, country music artists and the hunting, I think go hand in hand. I think they're synonymous. It's a, it's a, it's an easy crossover, but you take a pro football player, a pro hockey player, um, there may not be a whole lot of crossover. So I find myself in the course of these conversations, either hipping people to the idea of or reminding them of their very prominent position, their ability to kind of affect change with that prominence and, and the sway as influencers, they potentially hold when people uh, see them uh, hunting or whatever it is on, on their social media, or if they have a produced program, um, 
the importance of that and what that can do for our community. You get to go with a lot of country artists. You know, they got a whole, they're really good about it. They got the, was it the Music Row Outdoors or something to that effect? Yeah. Um, this whole community based around uh, their professional life, but you know, the, the what, what evens us all out and, you know, in, in hunting, uh, talk a little bit about that and, you know, attitudes and, and experiences you've had. I suspect it's very much akin to what, what I've enjoyed and, and just very down to earth conversations with, you know, people that have a pretty big spot. Yeah. Oh dude, man. Most of the time, like you talk to any of these boys, they're, you know, they're good people. You know what I mean? They're down to earth, you know, they're, you know, just excited to get out and go, hunting and yeah. stuff and so um actually while we were down in alabama too um where i was able to talk to and meet uh oj howard um who played at the uh, the bucks and now plays for the buffalo bills um and he he was down there hunting as well and so got to meet him and talk with him and he was super nice and you know one of those things like you said you know is able to speak to a whole different audience out of you know um with what he does as a professional football player. Um, but you know, as far as like the country music artists go, you know, like I said, they're, they're just down to earth guys. You know what I mean? They're, you know, they're super nice. Um, and you know, you start talking to hunting, man, a lot of them just start, Hey man, you know, get, get right in there with you. And man, they, they love it just as much as you do. Of course. Yeah. Well, it's a great equalizer I've maintained and at the end of the day, there's just other people, right? They're just human beings. They just got pretty cool jobs or seemingly we don't really know because we don't live their life. But outside looking in, it's it's a hell of a spot to be in. But, you know, when you bring them out in the turkey woods, we're all the same. I don't care yeah. who you are. I don't care what color you are, what socioeconomic uh, background you come from. If you're trying to kill gobblers, we're all in the same damn plane, man. And that bird's going to make us all look foolish in the end one day or yeah. the next. <laughs> For sure. For sure. I would agree. And that's what's great about it. It's uh, it is the ultimate equalizer. I, I, I would argue there's folks that are probably better uh, deer hunters and, and, and stuff like that. And probably a lot of that comes down to patience, um, most of which I do not have an abundance of, which is why I love turkey hunting. Um, but turkeys just have this way of really leveling a playing field on in so many ways and we all when you we talk about it in camp or on the road or at convention or calls like this it's we all have this this same the same median idea and it's and it's great and it's all positive and we're all doing it with smiles and and twinkles in our eyes and as much as it starts to sound the same, it's it's never the same one and it never gets old, too. You know, like Tom Kelly talks about, this doesn't get old. And when it does, that's that's maybe the day, right, to hang yep. it all up. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I don't see that being any day, anytime. Hell so. no. No <laughs> so, way. I don't think ever. But, you know, so it's one of those things, man. Like just just the other day, yeah, just Sunday when I just took my wife out, man, my heart was racing. I mean, you know. I'm people that hunt with me know too. I get pretty excited yeah. and I'm, when it, when it happens, man, I'm all, I'm all shaking and I can't, I can't control it, man. I'm just, I'm like a little kid at Christmas, you know what I mean? And so, um, and why would you want to change that? Like there's no, I don't hell no. I don't. I've, I've hunted with some people that they shoot, man. And like, they get excited, but they're not shaking. And I'm like, man, I'm over here and I'm just, 
shaking like a leaf, man. Like, especially like when I deer hunt too, you know, if I'm in a tree stand, I'm like, crap, I'm going to, I got to sit down or I'm going to fall out of this tree. Yeah. <laughs> That's the good thing about being turkey hunting. I can shake and just be on the ground. Right. I don't have to worry about falling out of a tree. Um, so it's one of those things to where, man, I, I remember back in 2019, um, I, killed this one bird and it was, he was a hammer. And I, man, it was one of those ones. It rained that morning sitting under this tree. He'd hammered, called back and forth, you know, just slow played him for two hours. He comes in struts. I can hear him spitting and drumming, strutting behind me for 30 minutes. Finally, he comes in and I get a shot at him. After that, man, I was like, I, I, that's probably one of the most exciting I've ever been. And just like, I was just shaking uncontrollably, but yeah, no, I don't want to change it. And I'm super glad that that's the way that it is. Yeah. No, you're lucky to have that. I I get the same way I get eight up. I mean, there's been some hunts, if I recall that I've been stoic about it only because it was, um, it was like a grudge bird, right? The bird yeah. already made me look foolish. And I'd gone through the the adrenaline spike and the uncontrollable shaking and the freezing cold feeling that you get that accompanies that. And it's, you know, 80 degrees out and everyone else is sweating. You're you're so cold. Um, and that bird burned me one day and he'd burn me a second day. And then finally, like you have those grudge birds and you're able to finally figure it out. And you, you just it's a mic drop moment. It's like, yeah, I yeah. won. Finally. Dude, I got you. (laughs) (laughs) And then later you fall apart. You're like, ah, you almost feel bad that it's over. Yeah. You know, you kind of want that chase to keep going. You're like, oh man, it's, it's done. You know, it's like, yeah. Selfishly, it's like, I got you, you you know, and, but it's like in the back of your head, you're like, that was one of the most noble, you know, chess matches I've ever played. And I'm kind of bummed it's over. And I need to go yeah. find a two-year-old to shake my, get me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, just one that just comes straight in just the whole way. Right. Head off. Yeah. Now I'm on the page, baby. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, in the final minutes here, let's, uh, let's talk about your company. I'd like to know more about it. Um, Take a take some time to talk about, you know, where it started, how you guys are doing. And, you know, people see that dope hat on you right there. I'm sure you're going to get some orders. You're probably going to need an inventory up uh, out there. Co, talk about out here. Co, talk about that. Yeah. So it's one of those things to where I started it back in 2020, you know, when pandemic hit, everything was just kind of like, oh, what's going on? Um, I do freelance film work for a living here in Nashville. So country music videos. um, you know, commercial shoots, that type of stuff. So I've always had a camera in my hand for a while, thanks to my brother, my older brother, who dragged, drug me into it when we were just yay high, you know what I mean? And so from then, you know, I've always kind of been having a camera and stuff. And so out of it, I wanted to, you know, I've loved hunting. I love old things. And so I wanted to start an old school hat company, mm. you know, kind of something that had retro looking hats and stuff. And I loved old stitch hats. And so that's kind of what I originally started with back in 2020. And then I started doing sessions with up and coming artists on YouTube to where um, I'd have them come out. You know, we do some sessions, tailgate sessions, wall tent sessions, the, the wall tent that I take out to Colorado and go elk hunting in. So nice. we got that set up out there, had some artists come in, then the hayloft sessions. Then we got some more stuff we're going to be doing, some more sessions and stuff, just kind of giving a platform for some of these up and coming artists to, um, you know, have a place to come out and, you know, perform their songs and stuff. And, you know, that they wrote, wrote and um, kind of get them up and going. So that's kind of how I started it. And then also obviously with it, I was doing deer hats, bass hats and everything else. And so I was wanting to have, you know, 
still posting about hunting and everything to do with that because I kind of like, like you said, like country music and hunting kind of goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what Out Here Code is. It's a company for the people that live out here, you know, past the city limit sign. Yeah. And, um, you know, and so it was one of those things to where I started that. And then want to start doing some hunts and film some stuff and everything. And then that's when this idea for the pawn shop shotgun came into mind. And I was like, you know what, this is the perfect one to start doing some hunts with. And, you know, I've reached out to the NWTF and I was like, this is a great way to have, you know, so a little crossover there and then also have a, you know, place for conservation and, you know, help raise awareness for turkey conservation through it and just be something cool. It's like, you know, I mean, how cool is it just to go hunt with a bunch of different people? It's what I want to do. And, you know, then have a gun that, you know, you're able to sign and, you know, have a bunch of different people that hunt with it and give it away for turkey conservation. You know, yeah. have somebody win it to where, you know, like I said, I don't, the more longer I, this, this project keeps going, the more I want to keep that thing. I, I don't <laughs> want to give that up. Like, what I am doing for me though, is I'm taking Polaroids with each person that takes, yeah. that shoots it or has, hunts with it. They take a, I take a Polaroid of them holding the gun and that's what I'm going to have. I'll have them sign and date it and then I'll make me a little something to do with it. Yeah. So I can remember the project, but, um, yeah, as much as I wish that thing was going to be sitting on my mantle at some point, um, we're going to give it away and some guys or a girl is going to have it and, you know, hopefully really enjoy it. The, uh, the Polaroid now obviously dating ourselves here, but the modern day selfie or picture, uh, seems to have replaced the the autograph. Like when I was a kid, you go to a ball game at Fenway Park or something. It was all about sign a card, sign a ball, sign my hat kind of thing. Now, like the autograph is the click, you know, and that's and that's what we value now. And, and again, talking about you're not wanting to give that up, but understanding the value that that firearm now brings and what it can do in the bigger picture. You know, I. We've, we put so much value personally, like we put this intrinsic value on these little tchotchkes that to us mean the world, but in the rest of the world, like it's nothing. It's like no big deal. And it will just sit there and collect dust. But when you when you have this opportunity, this great opportunity to take something that means so much to you, that passion resonates in the project. It would be great to have that and set that up there and look at it all the time. But knowing what you're doing with that now. And putting that out in the world and then someone else is going to get to enjoy that. I mean, I think and I know you will at one point when this is all done, sit back and be like, that was a hell of a thing. And that was way more valuable than that. Being able to sit here in my house and just stare at it. For sure. I know it's in someone else's house. I got the Polaroids to prove it. Um, and and the amount of good you're doing with it is is phenomenal. And, and certainly uh from an organizational standpoint, we thank you. And, you know, anytime we can get creative uh, to drive membership and, and get people excited about their membership and signing up and, you know, and, and giving up those thirty five dollars and what that all means is it's powerful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the thing. I, and that's kind of what I want to do with this thing. It's like, you know, be a part of the bigger picture, you know, with what I can do and help give back. Because it's yeah. like hunting has been so great to me and turkey hunting has been something that I love and like. I want it to be there for, you know, future generations. I want more people to see it. I want, you know, my kids to be able to see it one day, you know what I mean? And enjoy hunting and turkey hunting. And so, you know, I was like, how can I help be a part of turkey conservation and help the NWTF? So I was like, this is going to be a, I think a good project to do that through. And then I reached out to you and Pete and from there, it just 
the ball kind of rolled from there. Here we are podcasting about a, a $300 backcountry shotgun. That's doing a whole hell of a lot of good. Uh, before we wrap up, tell me what hardest place you've hunted so far, uh, either on this project or in, in your hunting experience for turkeys. I'd have to say Mississippi's pretty tough, yeah. but I tell you what, I went down and hunted with my buddy Tyler Chambers down in Georgia last year. And oh man, we, we got on this one bird. The bird stayed in the tree till 10 o'clock. I don't know if he saw it. Like, I don't feel like he saw us at all. Cause we were still a hundred and 150 yards from him. And it was pretty thick in there. And he just stayed on the limb gobbled every now and then, but we just, just stayed on the limb. I don't know if he saw something, heard something or whatnot, but that was, that was probably one of the hardest birds. We ended up just having to camp out on that bird. And he, he was set up on one side of the field. I was set up on the other side. And like, and when he was in the woods, I was out on the edge of the field just because we knew where he came to at a certain time of the day. And that's how we had to do it. And he got it. And that was probably one of the hardest birds I've ever, like, cause I grew up, you know, hunting Tennessee, hunting Kentucky, you know, gone down and hunt Alabama and stuff before, but you know, that, that was something I'd never seen before a bird staying in the tree till 10 o'clock. That is I mean, nuts. At least that's what we think. And we left him in the tree. I don't know how long he was still in the tree. We just like at 10 o'clock, we were like, I don't know if he's coming down. Let's go back to the house, grab a bite to eat, and then just know where he's going to end up or, you know, probably around two o'clock. And so, yeah, that was one of those hunts where I was like, that's, that's super hard. Mississippi was hard. Mississippi, yeah. I could see, you know, being, it's kind of one of those things. It's like the turkey capital of the world as far as hunting goes. People down there it's a religion to them. Yeah. And so, um, it's one of those things to where, yeah, it's just, it's, it's unreal. And, um, I would say probably Georgia and Mississippi were probably two of the hardest states I've ever hunted in. I'm going to touch down in, uh, Georgia for a hot minute. Like I may have a, a day and a half to, um, to, to go out on my own Well, we'll go out with my, my guest who's coming on the podcast and I've heard, that that state is notorious for just kicking someone's ass trying to find a turkey. So I'm glad I got at least a day and a half. Hopefully that's all I need, but I suspect it'll just be a good learning experience and, and a whole lot of fun trying. But uh, yeah, ho- ho- hopefully y'all have some good luck down there. I know, I know there's birds there. Let's put it this way. There's birds there and it's just. I think we're going to be things. like uh, the northern part okay. around ATL. So proper so i don't gotcha. know what's end of the state is is more challenging than the other but hopefully i'm in the better part of the state we'll find yeah. out i think that's pretty good because hunter hunter's not far from there and i know he's been wearing them out here the last no oh, good good so it's good rolling uh, into something with some positive energy and it's not yeah being like, oh, yeah my gosh no no he, he shot one had it a freaking 12 inch beard the other day and so i saw that that was pretty yeah. pretty awesome yeah, yeah. And then I tell you what, Gary said hardest state he's ever hunted in was Louisiana. I've heard that too. He, he said they, they didn't hear one gobble. But he, he was able to get it done in, in Louisiana. But I was like, not not hearing one gobble over there is gonna be tough. But he said they're there, it's just they're not gobbling. So there there's a lot of predation in that state. Yeah. More than most they don't gobble. Yeah. 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 Big lizards and 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 old ways of doing business in that yeah. state. So I'm told I have no yeah. proof of any of that, but it yeah. seems the turkeys, swamp turkeys are a little pressured down there. Oh yeah. <laughs> Jay, man, I appreciate you, you coming on the program and, and uh, working with me as I shuffled some things around. I really wanted to put a spotlight uh, on this, make sure that people 
understand what we're doing here, what you've done and are and continuing to do as we as we roll through the rest of turkey season and where they can go to find information about it and, and keep bearing in mind that if you're going to be involved in the pawn shop shotgun and you want to take this piece of history home with you, you must sign up for your membership through the specific URL that will be, uh, we'll include it in the show notes for this podcast. All of our uh, social postings through NWTF should have a link uh, either in the, in the copy of the, the text of the post or on our link tree, uh, say in Instagram, where you can go and find that that actual URL, sign up for your renew your membership or get a new membership, and then they can go to you socially. Where can they find you? So they can find me at um, Out Here Co on both uh, YouTube, um, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can go on to our website, just outhereco.com, and um, that's where you can find us. You can, you know, if you like our hats, you can buy our hats. You can follow us um, on social media there, as well as I'd encourage y'all to go follow along on our YouTube, um, subscribe there to watch this, the story of this gun. And then um, also just, you know, for NWTF, we'll, we'll have posts on our page, on um, our website for where you can go and actually sign up for this gun. Awesome. Um, and so that way you can go there because we want somebody to be able to get this and we, we'd love for as many people as possible to sign up and um, have a chance at this gun. So yeah. Fred, I really appreciate it. And thanks for having me on and just for sure, you know, man. shining some light on this. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for all you're doing and, and your efforts uh, for the organization and for Turkey research and, you know, just opening people's eyes uh, to what we already know is an awesome lifestyle and way of life. And if we can bring some more people in there, uh, I think through Turkey hunting, uh, we will find world peace someday. <laughs> Because people are happy when they're turkey hunting in the spring hey, and it carries over, man. I, I ain't seen somebody mad. Well, only time I've seen them mad is when they miss. But you know what I mean? <laughs> Most of the time, everybody's happy when they're turkey Get over it pretty quick. Brother, I appreciate you. Thanks so much. Be safe for the rest of the travels. Uh, certainly look forward to uh, finished products coming out that we can share them. And uh, I, I suspect other people are going to get fired up as this continues. So thanks for all you do. And uh, we'll see you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Brad. Thanks to our guest, Jay Siski, one more time for for <clears throat> joining us here on the program, talking about the Pawn Shop Shotgun, this passion project of his, and um, those are joining him along the adventure. Uh, plenty of more time to go in the spring, which means more, more signatures, more history being added to the Pawn Shop Shotgun. Guys, this is a really cool piece that... Um, just by virtue, you heard us, you know, of, of renewing your membership or signing up for your membership for the very first time uh, through that very specific URL that we'll include in the notes. Um, that's going to just get you entered to win that gun. Someone is going to get that gun transferred to them. All the stories forever uh, documented in video form. Uh, you can see where that gun, at least since Jay's owned it, uh, has been gone traveled, if it's uh, taken turkeys, if it's just gone on a really cool walk in the woods with some really rad folks, there's a lot of storytelling to be had there. And uh, I, I, again, remain encouraged. I love seeing the creativity coming out of our community for ways to help supplement funding for wild turkey research. Um, you know, here as of late, just so many great people getting behind uh, really cool outside movements. It helps certainly uh, people here at the NWTF get inspired, coming up with new creative ways to engage and, uh, you know, drive some uh, 
some fundraising in non-traditional ways. And, and here's just another fine example of, uh, of just that. So thank you to Jay and all of those who have contributed to the pawn shop shotgun series thus far. More to come on that, I believe, all the way through the end of turkey season. And uh, get your chance now by renewing that membership or signing up for a new one today. We are here at the end of April, and um, there's still plenty more season to be had. So if you're chasing it, uh, good luck to you. Be safe in your travels. Be safe afield. And um, some of the best days in the spring are are yet to come. And uh, I personally am am anxiously waiting uh, for my seasons to kick off and join the rest of you that have already uh, been at it, I hope. Uh, all the crazy weather is over, but typically uh, if it's wet in the south and windy elsewhere uh, here in the northeast means uh, we're going to have a go of it. I hope I'm completely wrong. I, I am no weatherman. Of course, I'm a, I'm a simple turkey hunter with a microphone. So um, that's anecdotal uh, observations over over a couple decades or so. Um but hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully it's nice and, and temperate and we have beautiful spring here in the Northeast. And uh, those of you that are coming to join us and visit, um, hope you find some uh, some pretty weather as well uh, compared to what's been going on around the country. Uh, I think right before this airing, uh, New York and Pennsylvania got like 10 inches of snow in the last week. So who the hell wants that? Snowbirds in Wyoming, I get, but not here in the Northeast. We're, we are more than ready to move out of, of old man winter's grasp. It's uh, I still can't get warm in my house. So anyway, I digress. Folks, thanks so much again for your support of this program. Uh, Big things, big things happening with the program. And I can't wait to tell you guys about it. Uh, More information to come. That's called a tease. I hope you enjoy that. I hope you're intrigued. Tell your friends, tell your family, log on, uh, download the episode, subscribe. So you never miss a beat. Rate where available. It helps us, guys. I promise you that that simple act of hitting those five stars on Apple. Uh, I think iHeart, you can do it. Spotify, I think you can do it. It just goes so, so far in helping this program, our message, our storytelling ability to stand out in a crowd that is just, it's flooded, man. I mean, when we started doing this back in 17, there was not millions of programming like this. Uh, There are millions now. It seems like anybody... Um, and that's what's cool about this. Anyone can get their voice out there. Um, with that comes the tyranny of choice. So we want folks to see this and, and you guys have a direct hand in that, uh, that ability for us to be seen by, by new folks, uh, to come along and make this program uh, all the more successful. So thanks for what you've done. You continue to do. Thanks for carrying us uh, in your pockets, on your, uh, on your phones throughout your day in the car, wherever you're at. Um, with that, that's it. We're wrapping it up. Uh, a slate of awesome guests coming up here, guys. Uh, we're looking to welcome in the Drury's, uh, some friends from Spring Legion, more notables from uh, from the sporting world. Uh, some folks I don't want to release yet because because uh, I just want it to be a surprise, and I'm, I'm pretty stoked about talking to him. We're gonna catch up with Darrell Smith again. Uh, in Georgia, I'm pretty excited to bring you guys another long converse, a great conversation with Darrell. Um, we're heading to, to Montana to catch up with some some folks uh, in the wilds of turkey hunting of Montana. So uh, more to come on that as we release it. But um, for now, y'all be good. Take care of each other. Love each other. Be safe out there. We'll see you soon. Bye.
This is Jason Hart, co-founder of Nomad Outdoor, and I'm here to welcome you to the Turkey Call All Access Podcast, hosted by my good buddy Fred Bird. At Nomad, we're constantly innovating to keep you more effective in the field. Check out our new 2022 Nomad Turkey products, including our innovative bull lounger turkey vest, our new mesh-like pant, and our bino harness system designed with a turkey hunter in mind. Also, for you whitetail, waterfowl, and western big game hunters, keep a lookout for new products coming later this summer by Nomad. Nomad, gear that hunts. Picture this, the sky full of birds, a good dog by your blind, and the pinnacle of reliability in your hands. When the entire experience relies on the moment that trigger is pulled, your shotgun better be nothing less than perfect. Benelli's Super Black Eagle III, dominate the skies. Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation.